0: The Ringer NBA show. I'm Chris Vernon. Joining me as he does every Tuesday from the ringer.com is Kevin O'Connor, aka Kevin O'Bomber, aka Kevin O'Conflict, aka Kevin Climber, AKA, aka Kevin O'Concert, aka Kevin O'Owl. Woo. <laughs> Kevin!
1: What's going on, Chris? <laughs>
0: I like the, new, right. new,
1: the little new addition at the end there. That was, that was good.
0: <laughs> so we have on this particular episode, we enlisted the listeners. To send us questions like an ask, ask me anything type episode. Um, I will say that since the last time we spoke, the over unders for the NBA came out and that elicited a lot of talk on Twitter. As the summer goes on and closer to the season beginning, um, We'll do over-unders and some of our favorites for that particular subject. I will uh, alert you that Haley O'Shaughnessy wrote about some over-unders today on the ringer.com. so make sure you go check that out. But word to the wise, I just want to make sure that everybody knew we are aware that the over-unders came out. We're going to let that play out for a little bit, let those numbers get banged around, and then <laughs> closer to the beginning of the season, we'll give our opinions on those. All right, Kevin, so... You, over the weekend, put out a tweet saying, basically, ask us anything. Um, Anything. And people did. Yeah, people did. Uh, So I wrote down, uh, uh, first of all, thank you to all of you that sent in questions. There were so many, there was no way could keep up. Uh, Every time you tweeted that out, my timeline just got bombed out. But we did get a lot of good questions, so I sifted through as many as I possibly could. For those of you that don't hear your question, I'm sorry, uh, but I tried to write down the ones uh, that I could. And when you All say
1: right. write down, you mean you literally wrote them down in a notebook,
0: not on I wrote your laptop. Them. Yes, yeah, that's how I do everything. And here, <laughs> here's here's a here's a little something for uh, for everybody out there. I am I'm pretty messy, right? I'm a pack rat. I don't throw things away. And I'm pretty messy and not necessarily very organized, right? Never like keep a planner or anything like that. But I am very particular about like a few things. And I use five-star college-ruled notebooks and I use uniball pens. (laughs) Like I'm very- Interesting. And I have done (laughs) that my whole like career. Like, I don't know. They're just things I've been particular about. And so, yeah. And I write longhand. Like every radio show I've ever done, I wrote out the longhand.
1: One, the one thing I notice is it's always the the true journalists that walk around with a real notebook and a pen. So I don't walk true, around with games. It's always it's always the true journalists that have a notebook.
0: I don't I don't walk around <laughs> with a notebook and a pen. I walk around with like a a folded up sheet of computer paper in my back <laughs> pocket, so that if I ever need to jot anything down, but I hey, do always have that's the pen. Good. That's I do. I, I do always have the uh, pen.
1: I used to always carry around a pen, too. Not not in a long time, though, for some reason. But I always used to. Well, you don't to. need them anymore, I always used to, right? the first thing used to pull it out, like if somebody needed it. Like, would everybody get a pen? Now it's you like, just yeah, me. it in
0: your uh, exactly. whatever, right? Yeah, yeah. iPhone notes. Yeah, exactly. Section. Yep. I understand. All right. First things first. Let's go through these, and we'll try to get as many as we can in. At Johnny Cap 17 said, how did each of you meet Bill Simmons? Huh. Well, this one's easy for me. Yeah, you get a good story for this. Right. Well, I'm, I, I I met him at the uh at the Western Conference Finals. He was doing What year? Uh what, oh good grief is it 13? No. Is it 13? How am I forgetting this already? Is it 11? No way. What year was the what what year was the Grizzly Spurs? It's all it's 2013, run now.
1: 12, 13. Okay, good.
0: Yeah. Okay, 13. All right. So, uh that's what so Bill was doing ABC and they set up here in Memphis. And at the time, I had been friends with Zach Lowe for a long time, and Zach was working for him. And so, and I had been in communication with Bill over the years. Grantland was great to me. Chris Ryan wrote a big article about the about the show I was doing in Memphis. I recall uh, a bunch of guys had written things about uh, on Grantland that had referenced me, and so I had, I had, I had reached out to him before. He kind of. He knew who I was, and I, uh, oh, here's the craziest that you want to hear the craziest story about this? I'll try to keep this quick. That's where I met him. But prior to that, I had made these Tony Allen t shirts. They said all hard, grit, grind on them, right? That was the first time like a bootleg t shirt had really been made. And the reason I made <laughs> it is because nobody had, no, there was no Tony Allen swag right? He had become like that. He was becoming this cult hero in Memphis. And if you went to like the team store or anything, you couldn't find anything. So I made these t-shirts and I had a blog that nobody read. And I put it up on the blog, this post, and it just said, basically, I'm making these shirts. Um, I hope people will buy them, right? Well, this is now years ago on Twitter. Simmons still had like millions of followers, He somehow he gets a hold of that link and he tweets out the link and he tweets out this link to the Tony Allen shirts. It says something like just in time for Father's Day. And I Uh, was like, I was like, oh, my God, that's nuts. Okay, here's the problem, Kevin. I don't have any shirts. (laughs) I don't have anywhere to buy the shirts. Oh, no. All I've put up is a mock picture of it. And now (laughs) there's like millions of people that are clicking on this thing. I'm like, oh, my God, it's a disaster. It just so happens that God rest his soul. The owner of the Grizzlies, Michael Heisley, was in my studio that day. I I, I mean, this turn of events is insane, right? So I'm in there. And of course, he's a billionaire. And I'm like, uh, I'm panicking. I'm like, what do I do? I said Bill Simmons just tweeted out this link and I, I don't I don't have any product selling. He says <laughs> he says take the orders. He said get you a PayPal link up now. Like this is a freaking it's so crazy this happened. He said get a PayPal link up now. Let people buy them and fill the order when you can. Take the orders. You've got to take the orders. Um and so I made a like a PayPal link and I took the orders and like I mean Tons of them came in, tons and tons and tons. And so at that point, now I got to go buy shirts. And I'm worried, like, I don't know how many to buy. I don't have that much money at the time. And to his credit, this is the owner of the team. He said, buy as many as you can. Whatever you don't sell, I'll buy back from you. Whoa. And I was like, no way. He died a few years ago, but Hmm. I'll never forget that as long as I live. And I sent Bill one of the shirts. I wonder if he still has it. Hmm. And so he was kind of aware of me way back then. And then we met each other at the West finals. He was here for like a week. um, And then kind of stayed in contact after that. That's how I met him. It's pretty cool. Um,
1: And and in the flesh, uh, I met him in the ringer's office. Just a very, this is August, 2016, just around this time, two years ago, actually, maybe like August 10th, two years ago, around, around that time. Um, Just a quick hello, really just, you know. Just hi, I shook his hand, and and then that was it. Then we met each other later at our NBA meeting that we had um, ahead of the season. Uh, that's where we really started having conversation. And then prior to that, before I got hired, um, I remember like seeing like Bill Simmons followed you on Twitter. I was like, what? What? <laughs> 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 I, it's uh, when that happened a couple days before. Um, before Chris Ryan contacted me, like we, like we talked about on your show, uh, before I got hired here, that was surprising when I saw that. I was like, "Oh, I guess my Celtic stuff or my NBA draft stuff might be interesting." So that was cool.
0: There you go. All right, at Todd Kissler. My story did not I, feel interesting at all, but it's really not. It's,
1: this is it's like this a, a, a quick Twitter follow, <laughs> and too afraid to DM, and, and then just like a, just a handshake in
0: person. Very basic. Yeah, I I, yeah. I actually you know what. Um, I guess that's how most we, people meet. It's like, hi. And they shake
1: hands. That's
0: This does not happen that often where you and I fully agree on something, but I will agree that was not interesting at all. <laughs> <laughs> no,
1: that was the most interesting story
0: I've ever told in my life. No, no, no. All right. at Todd Kistler. This was a great question that really, I thought about this one for a while a time traveler from 2043 what? <laughs> comes back and tells you the consensus best player ever was active in 2018-19 and it was not lebron james the visitor gives you 3 chances to guess this wait, is hard it, right is
1: there an wait is there an answer
0: there, no. Okay, no, so no. He he's saying uh, the time traveler... No, it's,
1: I mean, the time a traveler, is okay. Um. It's a, no, no, no. He
0: says that the consensus best player... Is
1: there an answer? What a dumb thing to say.
0: It, the, cons- <laughs> the consensus best player was active in 1819, and it is not LeBron James. It's hard to fathom I mean, like, that that's I mean, not Ke- the case.
1: Kevin Durant is obviously the first one who comes to mind. Uh, then for sure th- then there's right that if he racks yeah. up
0: a bunch yep. more and yep. and if he goes somewhere yes. else and
1: does it there too
0: I mean, and it- he might end up breaking All kinds of records, also for sure. Yeah, no doubt. Right,
1: no doubt. Uh, I mean, even but even with him though, like there's been like the he hinted that he might not play past his mid 30s. So in in a way, maybe it wouldn't be him. Maybe you wouldn't guess him, but I think you would because he's already one of the top 50 best players ever. Uh, Giannis, obviously, as we've talked about recently, Giannis
0: would be. He's no uh, doubt. He 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 at least would have. If we're trying to figure out now, because especially because of his age, I mean, what if he has 10 more years? Yeah. Right of of what he's already starting to do, which is not way out of the question. Let's just say he had seven or eight more years of what he does. I mean, you're talking—that's a lot of all mea. So I mean, the no truth doubt. is, the truth is, the answer's more than likely going to be LeBron. But it is a fascinating thing to even think about. I think Embiid, um, Embiid would probably be my third. I think Embiid, no, yeah. Don't you think he lost too much time at the beginning, though? I do, and and yeah. I mean, but
1: I, and then again, it's like who else is it? I mean, I mean, who who else are you really gonna say?
0: The easy thing would be somebody very young, right? That is totally like that we look at like right a, like now. A, like a rookie right now. A rookie or second year player, third year player, maybe. Are I you mean, are, are, are you trying to say? I don't. Jaron Jackson Jr.
1: Jaron Jackson I, Jr. Is that <laughs> what you're saying?
0: I don't think any of them have the potential to be Me the greatest neither. player. Oh, no, ever. no, it's
1: no. I'd say Ben, so, ben Simmons uh, as well. I mean, if he learns how to but if if we come sw- up if with a third, shooting hands.
0: If we come up with a third, we say, I, I agree with you. LeBron and Giannis would be two of them. If, again, if we're just trying to guess. Well, you
1: can't guess LeBron, remember?
0: Oh, no, no, so, no I'm, K- sorry, Katie, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. Yeah, no, no, no. Giannis and uh, yeah. and uh, I th- and uh, th- I think it'd be or Ben
1: Simmons, one of the one of the Sixers. One of those two.
0: Giannis Durant, and yeah.
1: Yeah, one of them. I don't
0: really even know who could even be. Thrown into the equation, honestly, I'm trying to look at even young guys. I mean, you would be talking about the Jason, maybe Anthony Davis, <laughs> Jason, yeah,
1: Anthony, Anthony Davis, there yeah,
0: Anthony Davis. Okay, he's that's, probably already yeah. had way too many years of yeah. not winning crap. Yeah,
1: fully. I mean, I think that's why I didn't pick him. Right, I'm thinking under 25, and he just turned. Yeah, and 25 he's not winning so, a title, yeah. and
0: we know he's not winning a title this year. Yeah, I mean, exactly. So.
1: There'll be like one or two more years of of that. Um, but you know, then again, there's, there could be another 13 years moving forward of. You know, six championships. You know what I mean? Like it could end, yep. like his career could end like that. until his, like, he could play until he's forty. He could play until he's like forty three. Who knows?
0: I got a lot of questions about this. Uh, Mike Q Q uh, asked, and and many people sent this in. Do you listen to other NBA podcasts? I don't. You want to answer first? Do you?
1: I don't know if you do. I don't listen to many podcasts. To be you honest, don't. no, I don't. Usually, I like, do when, when I when I'm not uh you know writing or talking basketball usually i'm just trying to listen to music um yeah so no, i would I, say
0: i obviously a lot of these guys i've known for a long time right um i never miss Zach's, and i never miss it, uh woge's those yeah, are the two I,
1: I have like on my phone i have you
0: know zach you know low post dunked on um yep and then i'll catch Woj. duncan i'll catch uh I, 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 the starters I usually catch on TV now. I used to listen to back in the day when they were a podcast. Yeah, That's, yeah, yeah. Right. Um, I, I like R- R- R-
1: Rusillo's show; it's really good too. And all, I like and also on the Ringer Podcast Network, One Shining Podcast with Titus and Tate. Yeah, I some of that. Yeah, let me look college, to my library season. and see yeah. if there's any.
0: Obviously, Bill does a lot of uh, NBA.
1: I mean, look, put it this I, way, there's a lot of good NBA content. There are all. It's overwhelming how much good NBA content there is on the internet, uh, and it's like there's only so much time in the day to consume it. And and for me, it's like it becomes a choice when it comes time to you know, yep. like really chill out. Do I want to listen to NBA pods or do I want to listen to like some new music that just came out or like one of my favorite albums? Uh, usually, I'm gonna yeah, pick I mean, music. I. I, I
0: I got nothing to say about, uh, bad to say about any of yeah. the others. Um, yeah. Uh, like, but you said, uh, like, uh, Rusillo, like, do catch. I'm trying to look at my library here. I would say, if, if I'm being fair, the ones that I listen to religiously are Zach's and WoGes.
1: What I need is, like, some not NBA podcasts, like, to to learn about random stuff or whatever. Like, how I built this is a podcast that I have on here. That's oh, I'll tell you interesting. This, the,
0: I listened to the Gladwell revisionist history.
1: Oh yeah. Malcolm Gladwell is for sure. Unbelievable. He, and that last
0: episode, the last episode of this last season that he just did the, the episode about Elvis is one of, it might be the best podcast episode I've ever heard. Honestly, that, and there's one in season two called King of tears about country music. And this guy named Bobby Braddock in Nashville. And both of them, I just like, they have been totally unforgettable to me. And that is rare. But I have I I'm I'm a big fan of of those podcasts for sure yeah yeah that's probably one of the best podcasts out there no doubt oh and I listen to a bunch of the NFL ones I am a podcast guy I am so I mean I listen to a bunch of the NFL ones every episode of GM Street I listen to the Ringer uh, NFL show with uh, Kevin and Mays yes yes and GM Um, Street Tate and everybody so I, I listen to a bunch of NFL. Uh, yeah, I'd say NFL and NBA probably. And uh, I and to, then uh, I look forward to hearing bachelor party later today. And I love <laughs> the Juliet college Lennon. football. I'm, I'm excited
1: to hear that. Seriously. <laughs> I'm really excited. I Maybe to, I'm, uh, I'm, <laughs> the bachelor was pretty good last night. Anyway. Sorry. Yeah. Good uh, grief.
0: <laughs> the bachelor. I, I watch. Uh, oh, and then uh, behind great. the bets, my buddy, Chris Felica, the bear from college game day, him and Stanford, Steve do a college football one that I listened to. Okay. Um, that I quite like. But yeah, I listen to a ton of podcasts. I do. I'm a podcast fan, for sure. All right, let's see. Next one is what is your favorite player media interaction you can remember covering that came from B Twitter? You got one? So here here's
1: one. Here's one. So when I was writing about the Celtics, so this is like the year 2014 or something like that. I'm walking down the hallway at TD Garden. And Rajon Rondo always does a thing, and I think I'm not the only one. He's done this too. Uh, he's done it to others as well. I've been told, where like he just gives you like a stare, like he'll give you a death stare, and <laughs> and he won't look away first. He'll be the one. It's like a it's like a dominance thing <laughs> until you look away. And so he did that to me one time, and that, I thought that was like odd. And a couple weeks later, it was Celtics Lakers. I want to say I, I want to say it was a big game, um, if I remember correctly. And before the game. I'm in the locker room and he, and he looks at me and he says, Are you the one that's been writing all that shit about me? <laughs> 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 and I'm, <laughs> and I'm like, no, Rajan, no, I would never write anything bad about you. It wasn't me write, writing anything bad about you. He's like, who are you? You 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 a Lakers writer or whatever? And I was like, no. I was like, I I read about the Celtics. He's like, he gives me. He like looked angry at me, and I think he was really just uh, messing around, but. Rajon has a way of screwing with the media, and it's funny in a way. Like I, I, I found it humorous. I wasn't. It, it didn't change anything. It was just funny. Um, he was just busting my balls. It was great. Ra- that's what Rajon does. He holds eye contact until you look away, and he'll accuse you of writing uh, bad things about him.
0: Both of mine include uh, Jason Williams. Jason Williams, chocolate, that's good. Okay. So when I first started covering the NBA, I had never been. I had never particularly been involved with being in a locker room all the time. And the Grizzlies were coached by this guy named Sidney Lowe, and they were awful. I mean, awful. And Jason Williams would go after the game, and he would go into the training room until everybody was done. Everybody was done talking. And then he would sneak out. (laughs) He never talked to them. Right. Ever. Mm -hmm. He just wasn't in the locker room. Ever. Ever and then would at the end he would just sneak out or he would just wait everybody out and never talk okay so imagine you're covering this team and Jason Williams like never speaks okay and one night the at the time the media relations director of the grizzlies was this girl named Stacy Mitch and Stacy Mitch walks out and she says hey guy and there's only like i don't know maybe six to 10 of us in the locker room that cover every game after the game. Right. And she goes, um, and they're in the middle of the season and she goes, Hey guys, Jason's going to talk tonight. And of course, everybody's head whips around like what? And he walks out. Okay. <laughs> he walks out of the training room, Kevin, he goes to his locker and it's time to talk. Right. And so somebody asked the first question to Jason Williams. And he looks directly at all the TV cameras and he's got all the microphones in his face and he goes, We suck. We suck. We're the worst team in the league. Write that. And he walked off and that was it. And I was like, Oh my God. This is unbelievable. So that was his only comment. And then he had been, there was some kind of controversy that had gone on. And the columnist here, this is years down the road. The columnist in Memphis, a guy named Jeff Calkins, wrote this uh, column. Pretty scathing about him, right? And he walked in, and another time, he was in the locker room. He snatches the pen out of Jeff Calkins' uh, hand, and he goes, you ain't writing nothing, homeboy. You ain't writing nothing. You ain't writing nothing. And Mike Miller starts to, like, restrain him. (laughs) And he goes, he ain't getting no interviews. He ain't getting no interviews. And then he's going, I'm good. I'm good. It was unbelievable. Absolutely. Snatched the pen right out of his hand. He said, you ain't writing nothing, homeboy. That's wild. (laughs) Jeff said, I'll "I'll write what I want to write. It was so (laughs) <laughs> it's like two it's a two times honestly i covered the guy for so long it's a two times i could ever remember him like doing anything <laughs> in the locker room one time he said the team sucks and we're the worst in the league and the other he snatched the pen out of a guy's hand and told him he wasn't writing nothing homeboy it's friggin'. i love him uh all right next one let's get to oh this is a good one i'm interested in what your answer is going to be this okay. came from uh at zach Dre. The best concert you've ever been to. Uh,
1: Roger Waters doing the wall. Um I oh, saw really? I saw Roger Waters do the wall twice with my dad. Um, and like whatever year that tour was 2012, 2013, whatever year it was. But um the first time we saw it, we had like nosebleed seats. And you know, we're up there and before the show. And there's this woman like walking around with like tickets. And like she's just giving them away to people, and basically it was like a seat upgrade to like the like the lodge inner bowl section down low. So we had we got upgraded, you know, us and like a bunch of other people up in the nosebleeds got upgraded up to like this really nice section. And that first of all, obviously, set the ne- the tone for the night. And then the wall is one of the greatest albums of all time, but the wall by Pink Floyd and Roger Waters. The production on that entire tour is. For me, it's like when you ask greatest concert. Sometimes it almost seems unfair to say that was a concert because it was more like a, a pulpit show, it was a production. It was more than just a concert. That was fantastic. Yeah, that that was um, that was the best show I've ever been to for sure.
0: The funnest one I've ever been to was in college. I went and saw a tribe called Quest and Beastie Boys, um, and it was unbelievable. I had never really been to like a hip hop show like that before. But the whole arena was like bumping for two and a half hours. Um, and Q-Tip like came out with the Beastie Boys and it was crazy. And it just stands <laughs> out to me as something that was very fun. In terms of just like being in a place and being totally captivated by something, are you familiar with uh, Damien Rice? Yeah, I know the name. I don't know. I okay. don't know stuff that much, but I Irish singer-songwriter. Yeah. Yep. So I saw Damien Rice play in the Orpheum, which is the same. It's. it's uh, It'd be like where Broadway shows are yeah. In, in Memphis. It's like, I don't know, probably holds like 2,000 people, right? So it's like super intimate. And it just so happened he played a concert in there. And I was not like a super fan or anything, but he played a concert in there. And it happened to be his last one of the tour. And he was just like, I was just, I don't know. I was blown away the entire time, the entire time. He was absolutely unreal. Um and I was, uh, that's that's one, that's one that I would say, because that was so unexpected to me, but I remember walking out of there being like, oh my God, I don't know if I, I mean, he like, he would like, he like walked to the end of the stage with no microphone and just an acoustic guitar. And so it was like a real small place like that. So you could see everything. Those are yeah. really fun. You, you, no, 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 no. The other one that I've seen in a really small place that stands out is, uh, I saw the hold steady and it was 150 degrees in the place. and that guy, the the lead singer of the of the old Steady was like I mean, he was like a gospel minister on the he just he controls a crowd like nothing. They were so good. So good. And it was like a club show, right? So it's tiny.
1: I love I love small venues. I've I've been yes. going to a lot of like little small shows recently in, in LA and um Last night uh, I went out with my friend Bill and his girlfriend Haley, and um, we we reminisced about a show we saw three years ago. We saw Muse at Webster Hall in New York, and obviously Muse it, Muse is a band that sells out arenas across yeah. the world, everywhere. I mean, in Asia and North America and Europe, and they did this little mini tour ahead of the release of their album, uh, playing at Webster Hall in New York, which is not a big venue. I don't know what capacity; it's maybe like two thousand ish people in there, and. We waited like in line, like for like six hours all day um, to get in earlier for that. And we ordered pizza while we were in line, <laughs> and went into the show. It was just a fantastic show seeing a big band like that in a small venue. I, I hope someday one band I want to see in a small venue uh, that I've seen in a, a couple big ones is Arcade Fire. They their shows are like a religious experience. Um, just the energy in the crowd and like the the positivity that's just resonating from the crowd and on the stage and how it's reciprocated back. Uh, they put
0: on really really outstanding shows. Arcade Fire does. All right, uh, at Craig is funny. Here's an NBA one: Ask the starting five underappreciated players of all time. Now, I did not prepare you for this. I have no idea. No, (laughs) I did not prepare you for this. And and I will tell you, (laughs) you you take this one, and I'll respond to what you said. Okay, (laughs) I didn't spend a lot of time on this. Okay, okay. Uh, What I wanted to do was unsung heroes of all time. Well, no, I wanted to do it off the top of my head. I was just going to write down. I was just going to write down names. Okay and try to come up with the top five like like I was just What, whatever my immediate reaction was right and so I'm saying that on the front end so when people come to kill come at my neck over this I'm telling you I didn't spend a lot of time looking at this the guy said your top five your five underrated guy or underappreciated players um, who was your starting five B right? And I just wrote down a name. I wrote down point guard, shooting guard, small forward, power forward, and David uh, and uh center. Right. Okay. Yeah. Okay. And this was off. Uh, this was my initial reaction. Point guard, Andre Miller shooting guard, Joe Dumars, small forward, Sean Marion, power ah. forward, Horace Grant center, David Robinson. It's funny.
1: Sean Marion was the name that came to mind for me. Sean Marion. I always love watching that guy play. And and I think, you know, in today's NBA, you know, with all the versatility and all this, you know, stretch fours, I think even today he would have been even greater than he was during his actual time playing. It's a pretty good list, Chris. I like the Andre right. Miller mentioned too.
0: Yeah, this was, again, I didn't I didn't think a long time about this. So this was, again, as, as I'm writing it down, this is what was going through my head. Andre Miller was consistently on that list of best players in the league that didn't make all-star teams. Okay. And so that's always kind of stuck in my head. Andre Miller was always really good, but he never like he was always the guy that didn't make the All-Star team, but everybody acknowledged he was really good, right? Um Joe Dumars was I I I've, I've never forgotten Jordan calling him the best defender he faced. And obviously he had the One finals where they swept the Lakers, where he averaged like 27 a game, which was chronicled in that bad boys doc, not that long ago. And so that was kind of in my head. Sean Marion was always a guy that I thought was underappreciated, much like you. He, he comes to a lot of people's minds very quickly. Um, Horace Grant was, was one because he's always the guy that like is never mentioned as a, a third wheel. Right, there's It's always Jordan and Pippen, and then sometimes people throw in Rodman. Right, but Horace Grant was like double double guy for them. He was 14 and 10 one year, 15 and 11 or 15 and 11 another year. Made an All Star team. Then he went to LA and won a ring, and then he was like a veteran on that Orlando team that made the finals. And I always kind of thought that Horace Grant was better than just like I don't know than what he got credit for being. Right, he to put up those kind of numbers and be that solid playing alongside two bonafide Hall of Famers, all-time greats. Um, you know, it's hard to get your credit. And and David Robinson was just a guy that I always, like. maybe it's because the reason it was on my mind is because it was his birthday, I think within the last week, and somebody put this highlight video on Twitter, and I was like, Jesus. <laughs> I mean, like, go watch his highlight video. It is, and no one ever talks about him, ever. Like, you know, People still talk about Hakeem Olajuwon, sometimes Patrick Ewing. They like, I don't know, he seems like the forgotten one, but he's for sure an all-time great. And his highlight video that was up that I can't remember, maybe the NBA posted for his birthday. It was like, God, man, you just forget how unbelievable this guy was and how well he ran the court and he was, I mean, always in crazy shape and Great defender, great offensive player. I don't know. Oh, yeah. When I watched that highlight video, I was like, damn, man, (laughs) this guy looks crazy. So, anyway, yeah, that was off the top of my head. That's what I came up with. G Dota asked, Do you have a diet you stick to? I I couldn't wait to ask you this (laughs) because your weight loss. It's, has made a uh, has made real reverberations. Yeah, I
1: don't know why. It's I don't get it. Because Shay Serrano's
0: busting your man, ass about I, it. I don't know.
1: I lost forty pounds in twenty eleven. Like I've lost like five pounds like the last month. whoop do. <laughs> um, oh. uh, <laughs> uh, do I? Do I do, so that's how'd you lose you, the forty pounds? There was this diet book that I roughly stuck to at the time called the seventeen day diet. It was basically like a no carb, you know, for seventeen day diet. Then like. It's basically that. Seventy days is the gimmick. Three weeks for three weeks. It's no carbs, and then it's like you're slowly integrating carbs back into your diet. Um, and so, like at that time, I lost forty pounds from like two ten to one seventy. And then over the years, I gained like twenty ish back. And then I wanted to shred that and get back to the one seventy ish range where I was before. But really, like you know, this summer it's mostly just been the same thing, where it's like a lot of um, you know protein, fish, uh, you know, chicken, turkey uh not not really much carbs at all really it's a very low carb diet that i'm on now and i've been integrating like resistance bands workouts <laughs> into my uh into my go. morning routine uh which has been really nice i i think like cuz i'm not about weights But uh, like resistance bands have been really good for getting, I guess, a little leaner or whatever. Uh, It's been good to work up a sweat in the morning. Honestly, it's really just low carbs, no carbs and like no, you know, greasy food, no fast food. It's not hard to eat healthy and find some good food. There's so much tasty good food. That's what I discovered in 2011. There's like tasty, healthy food.
0: Yeah, well, in L.A.
1: There's tasty, healthy food everywhere.
0: There is everywhere, but it's a lot more expensive. The, when you well, can. <laughs> yeah,
1: the, uh, yeah. That's the one thing I've learned about LA. I mean, it's
0: accessible. I, yeah, there. It, yeah.
1: Like the produce in LA is really good. Right. Like, uh, uh, like a farmer's market the other day, I bought a what what like what was labeled a Japanese watermelon, and it is probably yeah. like, the, like the one of the best watermelons I've ever had in my life. So tasty.
0: I don't really stick to anything. I say I don't really I don't really eat fast food, and I don't really yeah. eat fried foods very much and and yeah 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 you know what i mean oh and i don't and and i i i lost a ton of weight when i was a uh, my after my freshman year of college i lost a ton of weight and that was i stopped eating fast food and i stopped drinking soda because i was big soda guy right and so i i stopped both of those things and i never picked I still can't like I I can't have like a sugary drink. Yes, um, I drink yeah. diet stuff. I drink Coke Zero, Diet Mountain Dew, whatever. So I mean that's still bad for me. But Is, I I, I like soda. Wait. I just I've never drank. I don't I don't think I've drink a, a drank like a real soda or something in. I don't, God, I don't know how long, It's f-
1: It's funny when you stop drinking like stuff, you know, stuff like that or eating super greasy stuff. I remember in 2011 when I dieted, Um, you know, it was like, I hit like a milestone. I lost like 30 and like to, to reward, to reward that we ordered pizza. Me, me and my parents, we ordered pizza and from one of our favorite places nearby. And I remember like being so excited to eat pizza for the first time in like six months or whatever. I don't know however long it was. And uh, like the first bite like mm, tastes really good but then it like suddenly that grease just hits you it drops like a bomb in your stomach and you don't feel good <laughs> and, i yeah, mean like, i, 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 I like i like pizza now i still love pizza but like at, when you don't have it for a long time and like you have fast food for the first time in months like boy like it really is like a bomb dropping in your stomach your body
0: does not like it Yeah, that's for sure. Uh, King B. Lowe asked the NBA question. He says, why is there a misconception Luke Walton won't be able to deal with so many personalities? By all accounts, he gets along with everyone. All right. The first thing is, um, I actually got to know Luke Walton. He coached in Memphis during the lockout, um, and he is the coolest guy. He really is. And so what you have heard about Luke Walton and everybody liking Luke Walton is absolutely true. Um, great guy, super personable, just like guys. Guy likable is all. Get out. Um, it's just the sheer amount of personalities in that room. I mean, Kevin just told you about John Rondo. <laughs> That's just one of the guys. When you're t- and th- there has to be those guys have to be like. Usually, you've got one or maybe two right, that are like have to deal with guys um, in a locker room. They've got now like four or five that are have to deal with guys. And you're talking about a guy that is still very young on the job. Luke Walton is nowhere near what he will be as a coach in years to come. He's still learning as he goes about being a head coach. And so when you're taking somebody like that and throwing at him all of these personalities, which is even harder when they're veterans you know, some of these guys are gonna are older than him um and 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 played against him and so I just think you are and, and obviously you've got the strongest personality in LeBron and so I think you're you're throwing a lot on his play it doesn't matter how likable you are it doesn't matter how well you get along with everyone um Rondo lance beasley javal I mean that's a lot of Personalities that have been in the midst of situations where coaches had to deal with them, quote. And so you're asking a lot of a young coach. I, I don't think it's necessarily a misconception about Luke Walton not being able to deal with those personalities. I would, my guess would be that it would be an extremely difficult task for anyone, much less somebody that's a few years into the job.
1: I think Luke Walton will be fine. I mean, we'll see how that goes. Uh, but in terms of handling big personalities, it's going to be tough. Like that's what happens when you have a LeBron James led team. Uh, that, well, that's gonna they, be the question. by the way,
0: it has been death. It has been death to coach him or lose to him. The yeah. only one that's made it is Polstra. The only one, and that's because he had Pat Riley yeah. standing right behind well, him. Yeah, uh, yeah,
1: and Luke Walton could too. We'll see. Um, I, I I think Luke Walton's a good coach. Uh, I look forward to seeing what he what he can do with uh, LeBron James on his team. You mentioned Tony Allen there, Chris. There was, I got a question about Tony Allen for you. I did?
0: Yeah. When did I mention uh, Tony? Oh, at the beginning? Y- yeah,
1: towards the beginning, yeah. Um, right. t- Someone with the Twitter, this is part of the reason why I want to read it. The Twitter handle was Gil Danbert. <laughs> All right. It's like, it's like Dan Gilbert's burner
0: account. <laughs> gotcha.
1: It says, Verna, what is your favorite seldom told Tony Allen tale?
0: Um, if there's any you're allowed to share. Seldom told? I mean, I think generally people know he beat up OJ Mayo on a plane, right? Um, <laughs> uh, I'm, not that sure,
1: I'm not sure if I'm misremembering.
0: Yeah. Uh, how long ago was it? I guess this? it wasn't really reported.
1: Okay, yeah. yeah. I just Googled it. It was reported in 2011. Oh, okay. 2011. Yeah. Few emerge of Allen versus Mayo <laughs> yeah. fight. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it was over cards. A black eye for OJ Mayo. Yeah. Okay.
0: You know, they all play Boo Ray on yeah. the, on the plane. <laughs> so he popped it. It says
1: Mayo trash talked Allen for roughly 15 minutes, criticizing his game, <laughs> bragging about how he was a better, better basketball player than Allen. About about how he was a lottery pick. Allen was reportedly especially bothered by Mayo's chatter because they have a friendly relationship. Zach Randolph tried yep. to play peacemaker.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that's yeah. some OG stuff, man. Yeah. So I mean, like you know, the, and and like it's OJ some, showed up, it's, and he some, like you it's know some OJ stuff. Yeah, but, I mean, O.J.'s eye was messed up, man. I mean, and then it was like, you know, you just had to come up with something, and he just, like, wasn't around. And They're buddies. Still to this day, they're buddies. Like, Tony would never, he would never talk about that, ever. I tried to get him to. Never. It's like it never happened, but, like, it happened. <laughs> I mean, listen, he's the realist, all right? Let me make that clear. Like, he is not to be trifled with. Who the hell hit somebody on a plane? There's nowhere to go, by the way. <laughs> you got to sit there for the rest of the trip. You know what I mean? <laughs> the, the, not, the, not the best place to get in a fight is on a plane. And obviously, um, you know, those cards, man. Cards yeah, are cards, card, serious get business. Heated. Serious yeah, they, business. They said that. <laughs> I remember Rudy Gay saying afterwards that they were going to have to play Candyland on the plane from now on. <laughs> 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 oh my god. Uh, no, Candyland candy, candy, you know, candy no more
1: cards. Candyland is, is low-key a good time. I, I used to play cool. with my grandpa. Jesus Christ, Kevin. What? Yeah, I used to play when I was like a you, little eight? when I was a little kid, Candyland was cool.
0: Oh, Candyland okay. was
1: fun when you're a yeah, little kid. We're talking to, about
0: NBA players to, on a plane. I used to
1: play when I used to go over my grandpa's house on like Wednesdays when I was a little kid.
0: All right, dude. Let me Candy, just tell you, Candyland
1: you, is a good time, and I hope with like all these everybody all right, on bro. phones these days, Candyland doesn't go away. It's a good, oh it's God. a good board
0: game. All right, listen, I'm telling you this: you whip out a, a <laughs> you you whip out a box of Candyland on a NBA plane, and Tony Allen yeah, No, beat your no kidding, <laughs> <laughs> no <laughs> kidding. I'm saying yeah, for you guys want to play Candyland, like what the hell? Okay, Kevin yeah, no Candyland. Okay,
1: I have a question about games. Speaking about games, Chris. There's one other one that I was curious about. You, you took video of your, of your son playing Fortnite recently. Yeah, Paul Ren asked, how many wins does Verno have in Fortnite? Oh, I'm horrible.
0: Absolutely horrible. I have no wins. The best I've gotten is like in the top 10, and that's because I hid in the bush for like a half an hour.
1: <laughs> hey, there's nothing wrong with <laughs> camping. I think camp, that's camp, so. Camping is a legitimate strategy. I've
0: only gotten two kills ever. Oh, no. Oh, I mean, my goodness. And by the way, if I if 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 I happen how, to how, kill how you, does your
1: son react when you get a kill? Is it like winning the Super Bowl or
0: <laughs> no, <laughs> no, no, like I mean cuz I talk a lot of trash and I talk about how awesome I am and then I go and get killed and he makes fun of me. I mean, I'm I'm bad at it. I'm bad. Yeah, that's okay. I can't get you know you know the problem is is because I've got a I can't get the the, the right controller. So we got a PlayStation 4 on the right controller. I can't uh to, like how you view, like look right and left. Yeah, that, that's the reason I, why you're bad at the game. Yeah, right. I, sure. <laughs> well, no. And then when someone starts shooting at me, I don't like. I'm I'm not quick enough to react, and then I start like looking down <laughs> immediately, and then I'm like looking down at the ground, and then it says eliminated, and I get mad, and I don't. I, not nah, I, in fairness, I've only played it probably ten times.
1: You're 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 a BK on Fortnite. You're.
0: He calls me. A, what is it? What's the word? A noob. A noob. Yeah. A noob. Yeah, he said that's where the noobs go, and I said I don't even know what you're talking about. Shut up. <laughs> and then I go, I hey, this is the funniest one. The other night I walked in there and I said, I said, give me that controller. I said I'm the uh, I'm the king of Tilted Towers. Like that's one of the places, right, where you drop down in the with the with the the umbrella, right? And uh, he's like, you're not the king of Tilted Towers. He's like, you got like two kills ever. And I was like, bet I drop down right at <laughs> Tilted Towers and I just start killing people. And he was like, okay, let's see, right? So I started, right, the bus, and you jump out the bus, and you got, like, the little parachute, whatever. And I said, guide me to Tilted Tower. So he told me where to go, right? I swear to God, Kevin, I landed on the top of one of the towers. Like, my feet hit the ground. It said, boom, you're eliminated. I was like, wait, oh, what? God. I got killed
1: within two we, seconds. We're we going to get you on, like, the Ringer's Fortnite twitch streams? No, you don't. No, I think I'm, I'm I think we do. I think it. we do. I'm pretty sure. I think that's what makes it more fun. The packs are so bad at it.
0: Uh, all right. At a- Chill doocy asks, <laughs> "What are your favorite albums of 2018?" Oh boy. Hmm.
1: Favorite albums of 2018. Uh, the first
0: one that came to my mind was uh, Daytona, a tease album. I probably listened to it <laughs> you, the most. Your answer
1: is gonna be way different than mine. That's for sure. Well, it's
0: sure. only like 20 minutes long. I've listened to it like a thousand times. So I mean that one that one popped up in my mind when I first read the question. You'll you'll give us some kind of hipster thing that no one's ever heard of, some right? Hipster thing. <laughs> so sad,
1: so sexy by Licky Lee. I think that's probably my favorite yep, album of the year yep, so far. Sure enough, haven't heard of it. Oh, jeez. Yeah, Licky Lee, uh, her evolution of, as a songwriter. Um, It's really remarkable. You listen to her 10 years ago uh, with youth novels, her debut album. It's like very hipstery to, you know, to allude to it, Chris. It's very hipstery, indie pop sound, little bit uh, dance, dance, dance. I'm gone. I'm gone. Like I'm good. I'm gone. You know, songs like that. Very hipstery, but so sad. So sexy is her most mainstream album. Chris, it is a mainstream pop album. With, like, elements of trap within the songs. Songs like Sex, Money, Feelings, Die, Deep End, So Sad, So Sexy, the the, the album title track. It, it is a fantastic, compact, 34-minute album. Uh, listen all the way through. It's beautifully produced, wonderfully written, and Lickie Lee, as always, uh, sounds beautiful on it. It's great. Lickie Lee. Lickie Lee. L-Y-K-K-E-L-I. Lickie Lee.
0: I am unfamiliar with her words. I, oh, the Kid Sea Ghost. I really like that. That's the Kid Cudi and Kanye West. Fourth Dimension is probably the most played song on this phone now that I'm looking at it. It's the best beat of the year for sure. Oh, there's a song by Snow Patrol. What if this is all the love you ever get? One of the prettiest songs of the last like five years. That's on their new album. I love that song. Janelle Monae, I've listened to a lot. That's your girl, uh, right? Yeah, I saw Janelle Monae Dirty a Computer came out this year, Yo, right? Dirty Computer, yeah. Okay, I, I like that I, a lot. I didn't, I, didn't, I, like her. I didn't love
1: Dirty Computer. I, I, like, I didn't love it. It's good. I just didn't love it. Uh, I thought God's Favorite Customer by Father John Misty. Shout out to Dan Bailey, uh, drummer in the band. Uh, I saw Father John Misty live a couple weeks ago. The back. kicker
0: for the Cowboys? Yeah.
1: No, no. Dan oh, Bailey, man. the drummer for Father John Misty. Shout out to him. Oh, okay. uh, But right. God's Favorite Customer, probably my favorite Father John Misty album. I think. Uh, that, that's a really good good album. And again, another short album too. I'm pretty sure that's around maybe only 40, Who is the most popular
0: music artist that you like? Arcade Fire, would you say?
1: I don't, I don't, I mean, what is, is Arcade Fire? I mean, they're like that popular. sold a
0: lot of albums or that a lot of people, like that, somebody that you can't I mean, see in the 200 seat arena. Lady, Lady Gaga. <laughs> oh, Lady Gaga. I love Lady Gaga.
1: I saw Lady Gaga at Fenway Park last August.
0: There you go. And,
1: and So Lady Gaga, she plays at Fenway, right? And like during the show, she says like I'll be across the street at the House of Blues afterwards. So like I'm there solo, um, and and I was like, you know, I'm going. Why not? And you know, after the show, across the street, there's this long line of people outside. This really, really long line outside the House of Blues, and I'm like, oh my god, screw this! I'm never gonna get in. So I walk up to the box office, and I'm like, can I buy a ticket to like to get in? Because I saw somebody like get like cut the line. And I and I was like, yeah, you can cut, you can go in if you have a ticket. Because other people were just going in with their Lady Gaga tickets from Fenway, um, so I bought a ticket for the actual band that was playing there and like cut this line of like four hundred people that were wrapped around the block. And uh, yeah, dude, it was it was really cool seeing Lady Gaga play with a jazz group because I think one of the things about her, she's. A lot of people know this now, but like she is an outstanding artist, right? More than just a pop star, uh, and she really showed off her amazing vocals in that little little venue. Um, there you go. Yeah, I'd I mean, love to see great. her. In yeah, she, dude, her shows are unbelievable. Really great.
0: There's, a, now I think that was probably shocking to a lot of our listeners that Kevin O'Connor loves Lady Gaga. I love so, Lady Gaga. All right, I'll I, I'll, I'll match
1: for, you. For all Muse is probably the the band that's most popular that
0: I like. But yeah, uh, you're gonna match me. I'll match you in terms of like. This will probably shock people. I am a enormous Fiona Apple fan. Ah, that's pretty good. (laughs) All things, yeah. I well, like maybe the album is my favorite ever is Extraordinary Machine. I love her. Um, I love her music. I want to meet her. I, I, and and I went to go see her in concert right after whatever the last album was. Is the first time, and I had always like never gone and seen her in concert, whatever. And I went, and I always felt like I don't know, like I just always wanted to like cheer her up, right? She's like the antithesis of me, right? I wake up in the morning generally happy. I like laughing. I like you, you know. And she's cheer always, her up? <laughs> no, she was just always so broken, right? So sad, and <laughs> I, you know what I mean. And so like always trying to build herself up and pump herself up. And I loved their music so much, and. I went and saw her in this concert and then I was like ready for like, you know, this broken, you know, Fiona Apple. And she was like, I don't know. She came off like, just like super angry. It kind of went from like, Hey, I want to cheer you up to like, Oh my God, I better duck. Cause she's like throwing dishes, you know, at me <laughs> oh, or God. something like she was mad. Like she was just like, I don't know. It was like, and maybe that, that last album, right. It was just kind of, I don't know. She was a little angry. And I always kind of thought of her as like this, I don't know, fragile, innocent, like, oh, man, you've been through so damn much. And everybody always craps on you all the time. And I just want I just want to cheer you up, right? I don't know. I just always I always liked her. I always uh, I, I'm a huge fan of her. And she comes out with an album every 10 years. Uh, I,
1: I I feel I feel that way about this new, fairly, fairly new artist right now, uh Phoebe Bridgers. Highly, right. highly recommend checking her out. Um her debut album came out about a year ago, almost a year ago, Stranger in the Alps. And it's kind of like folk indie folk you know pop elements in there as well and man like uh, her voice is just outstanding she's an incredible songwriter lyrically um her album stranger in the alps phoebe bridgers i gotta see her live whenever she's in la next she's really outstanding
0: at the sky show chicago asked uh your thoughts on the wnba and posted that with the picture of you and shea serrano you were at a wnba in person um this will probably... Shay took
1: me hostage like, uh, the, because um, I thought he was going to kill me. I thought, he, I thought that's what was going to happen, but we actually had a great time. WMB games
0: are awesome. Totally possible that this could surprise people. This is how I got into it. Uh, there was a group of my friends, all of which are gamblers, and about four or five years ago, they like, started passing around on the text, like, yo, we got to start betting on the Minnesota Lynx they win like every night and kick the shit out of everyone. And this is years ago now, four or five years ago. And then they would like watch the games like that God, like either like we would uh, put them up on a phone on the TV or whatever. And there was a run there where they like, I mean, it was the best money in, in all of gambling was the Lynx, And so we all ended up sort of watching all of these WNBA games and Lynx games all the time. And I am a Maya Moore stan. I love the lay. I love Lindsay Whalen. I love Maya Moore. And so I watched so many of them. And then one night we went to Chicago for a sky game and bought front row baseline tickets for the sky versus the Lynx when the Lynx played there. And, it, and it was the year Elena Deladon won the uh, MVP and, in person, great. On TV, great. Like, I like the product. I do. Yeah.
1: I like it. W- WNBA is better than it's ever been right now.
0: Yes. It's really good. And there's a bunch of awesome players. I mean, I love watching Skylar Diggins. Amaya uh, Moore's obviously my favorite. There's a bunch of good ones. Some
1: it's good young players, too. Aja Wilson.
0: For sure. Las Vegas Aces. Yep. Aja Wilson. Um, so, yeah, no, I, I'm a big fan of WNBA. I like it a lot. Yeah, yeah, by the way, don't go gambling on it now because all the lines have caught up. That was years ago when nobody, you know, was paying attention. Um, (laughs) All right, let me see if I've got any others on here uh, that we need to make sure that we get to. At Kirk Serious Face, buddy from Mavs Moneyball, Kirk? Kirk? at some point, Chris came around on Luca being at least solid. What changed? Um, I would say nothing changed. I've never said that he's not going to be good. My questions were, Are is he going to be a generational talent, one of the best of the best, surefire number one pick? And that is still left to be seen. And my questions were, I think, I mean, and listen, I put him on, he is not going to be bad. It's just a matter of, is he going to be a superstar? And many people thought he has a chance to be that. And my concerns were, is he a great enough athlete to be. And I get it. You could bring up, well, James Harden's not the greatest athlete and so-and-so's not the greatest athlete. No. But those are those are exceptions <laughs> to the rule. Whose voice is that? <laughs> Every moron out there. Oh, those cheers. are exceptions to the rule. <laughs> Generally, those guys are anomalies, right? Um, if Manor Ginobili's not the greatest athlete. And, uh, I get it, <laughs> right? What I'm telling you is,
1: what is going are on? you held
0: back as a wing player if you're not an exceptional athlete or is he just so skilled that it will overwhelm it. And the other thing is as he topped out, like how much better is he going to be? He kind of is what he is right now. I mean, I don't, I don't know how much he is going to improve greatly from what he is. Some guys develop a lot earlier and he's surely a man already, right? He's not like a wait and see what he looks like in five years. He's probably going to look like he does. Honestly, that's might be a leaner. Um, but so that's my only question. I think I've always thought he's gonna be solid. I don't think he's gonna be bad. I don't think he's gonna be a bust. But I also I don't know if he's gonna be a superstar, and I still don't.
1: I love how Kirk has big Doncic energy. There you go. <laughs> As a Twitter game. Yeah, yeah.
0: All right. Yeah. I think we got through we got through a lot, man. We yeah, got through we, a lot. We today. did.
1: We did. There was, there was yeah. like, almost way too many good questions.
0: Yeah, and there were tons that I am having to uh, walk away from, but we will do this again uh, sometime soon. Yes. Uh, Thanks for listening. If you dig what you're hearing, go give us a rating and review on iTunes, and we will be back next week. Thanks, Kevin. Thank you, Chris. And thank you, everybody, for the questions.